Good morning, Go Church. I'm honored to get to welcome our Westside Atlanta campus and our Montgomery County, Maryland campus that are joining us this morning. We're so proud to be one church in three locations, and we're glad you're here. Now, today is a very special day because it's Mother's Day. And here at Go Church, we love all the mothers in the room. Maybe you're a new mom or a grandmom, or you find yourself somewhere in between. Please know that we recognize all that you've poured into your children, your stepchildren, your adopted children, and your grandchildren. You've had sleepless nights, you've sacrificed, you've packed lunch boxes and cooked many meals and cleaned the house far more than you would have liked. You've driven children all over the place and the list goes on and on. You work so hard and you absolutely deserve a day to rest and be celebrated. I also wanna recognize that Mother's Day may not be a day of joy for everyone. Maybe your mother has passed away or perhaps you've lost a child. Maybe you're unable to have children of your own or maybe you just find yourself separated from your children in this season of life. And if that's you, we pray that you still feel the love of Jesus and experience the hope that he offers you today as well. So for all the ladies in the room, as you leave the gathering today, we have a small gift for you. May today be a wonderful Mother's Day. Now we are all in for a treat today. I'm so excited to introduce to you our guest speaker, April Osteen Simons. April travels the country sharing a message of hope in a way that's relatable, insightful, and life-changing. She's a hope coach, an author, host of the Better Life podcast, and much more. But along with all this, her most prized possession is her family. She has five amazing kids and two beautiful grandbabies. If I could describe her to you in one word, it would be encourager, because whether it's hearing her preach or listening to her podcast or reading one of her books, you won't walk away without feeling encouraged by the Lord. April has already been a blessing in my life, and I know she'll be a blessing to each one of us today. Okay, Go Church family, you know how we love to give honor. So will you stand on your feet, put your hands together, and help me welcome April Osteen Simon. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is so good to be here. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. How many mamas we get out there? Let me see your hands. Y'all are amazing. That's great. I am, I am honored to be here. Don't you love your amazing pastors? We've tried to get together for years. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your platform. And I forgot to introduce my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful daughter-in-law, Francesca. Would you stand up? She gave me my first granddaughter. She married my one and only son, and she's one of the best things that's happened to our family. She gets to, we travel together, so it's really great. Um, Y'all look great this morning. I love this place, pastors. You you just, you can feel the love of God in here. You, you are all so kind. I feel like I'm in Texas. <laughs> you're, you're so kind. And, um, you know, my mom and dad always told me your congregation is a reflection of your pastors. So you have great pastors, and you're a great congregation. Thank you for having me. Are you ready to get into the Word of God? Amen. I've enjoyed the worship, that family that just sang, oh my goodness, it was so great. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, we feel your presence here. Father, we just sit back and we, we relax in you. Father, we pray that the words that are spoken will go to our spirit man, Lord God, and we would put feet to our faith and we wouldn't just be hearers, but we would be doers. We serve the enemy. Notice that he'll not steal one seed that's spoken today in Jesus' name. 
It's going on great ground and will produce a harvest. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that according to your word, you're sending forth your word to heal, even as the word is spoken from the top of our heads to the tip of our toes. I pray for any who have come in here downcast, discouraged, disheartened, depressed. Lord God, that today would be the day that they hold their head up high and realize how much you love them and care for them. Father, we lift up a hand for our families. Can you lift up a hand? Father, we just say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, amen? The enemy will not have one of our family members in Jesus' name. We thank you that we'll be changed by the word, not because of a person, but because of the indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God in Jesus' name, amen. Let me start by reading a, a scripture to you in Habakkuk. It says this, and the Lord said to me, write my answer or write my vision on a billboard large and clear so that anyone can read it at a glance and rush to tell the others. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, don't despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Everybody say, surely. They will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Now, the vision, I'm sure if you've been in church at any length of time, you've heard this scripture. The vision, the scripture is telling us to have a vision, first of all. Have a vision and then write it down. Write it down and make it clear so every day you can see that vision that's written down so that you can go by it and you know where you're going, which direction you're going. Every year, my mom sends a group text to my brothers and sisters and I, and I'm the youngest of the Osteens, and like I told the first crowd, I am the favorite child. <laughs> I told my dad that so often, he introduced me as a favorite child. I love that. My siblings didn't like that too much. <laughs> she writes a group text to all of us, telling us what she's believing God for for the year. And I found one in my phone, and I wanted to read it to you this morning. It says this, I trust you and your families will be blessed, especially this year. I pray that your children will be blessed and excel in all they undertake to do. That we will all be healthy and well and that God will protect us and watch over us. I pray there will be no accidents or harm and that we will use wisdom in our everyday lives. I pray that our churches will be blessed and that hurting, unloved, sinful people will come in the doors and feel love and give their hearts to Jesus. I pray that drug addicts, former prisoners and prostitutes will come in and feel love and forgiveness. I pray that the anointing of God will be upon our lives, that we will be quick to forgive and forget and not hold grudges. I pray that every one of us will be a good parent and that our children will feel secure in their homes and that they will have good memories of their childhood and lives. And I pray above all that people will love and respect us and we will be like Jesus with a magnificent reputation. I love you all, Mama. I love how my mom is so specific. See, when she sends out that text to us, not one of us wonders what she's believing God for. We know exactly what she's believing God for. She's specific. She wrote the vision clear. There was a professor that gave his students a test, a surprise exam in, in college. One day they walked in and the paper was on the desk face down. They were all a little nervous because they hadn't studied. <laughs> He's told them to turn the test over and begin to write about what they saw on the paper. And much to their surprise, the only thing on that sheet of paper was a tiny red dot right in the middle of the page. And they looked confused and he's reiterated the instructions, write down what you see. 
So they began their task, they handed in their papers, and the professor began to read each paper out loud. He told them before he read them out loud, I'm not going to grade you on this, and I'm sure they were glad for that. And as he read the papers, he, he expressed to them afterwards, I want you to see that every one of you tried to explain the tiny red dot that was in the center of the paper. Not one of you tried to explain the white space around it. He went on to say, I want you to see that so often that's what we do in life. We focus on the tiny red dot, the health issues, the relationship issues, the money problems, the burdens on our life. He said, in all reality, the white space, there's so many blessings that are surrounding your life. And as you go out the doors of this college university, this university and you graduate, I want to encourage you to focus on the blessings in your life. Focus on the, the white stuff that's all around. Be grateful for the life that you have every single day. What a great lesson to learn from that, folks. You know, it's not about what you look at that matters. It's all about what you choose to see. You may say, April, you know what? That's great and all to write the vision down, but I got so much going on in my life. Don't focus on the red dot. Focus on all the blessings that are all around, amen? Proverbs 23, 7 says, a man, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, your life is gonna move in the direction of your thoughts. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. So my question to all of us here today is this, are you actively pursuing what you're focusing on? Are you actively pursuing your miracle? What do you see in your life? In the scripture, it talks about the prodigal son. If you know the story, he spent all of his inheritance. He was in the pig pen, he was hungry, and he was thinking about eating the pig's food. And he had this novel idea, and he thought, in my words, you know, I know I've blown my chance as a son, but maybe I could go out and go back to my father's house and be one of my father's servants, and I would eat better food than I'm eating right now. And the scripture says this in Luke 15, so he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. I want you to see that. Jesus said, when the son was a long way off, what does it say? His father saw him. See, he was actively pursuing his miracle. He was actively pursuing that boy coming back home. He was actively pursuing restoration in his family. And I can just imagine every day when he woke up, he was looking out his window for his boy to come home. I can imagine when he was at the market, him combing the crowds, looking for his son. All you mamas, I can imagine him preparing a seat at the table for one day his boy would come home. See, he had to remember what, what actually he had to think about what faith was, what, what it was like to believe when nothing was going his way. He had to actively pursue his vision. And to me, it reminds me of what my dad used to say, never give up on the prodigal, always believe the prodigal will come home. To me, so much that story isn't about the prodigal son. It's about a father who is actively pursuing his miracle. Let me ask you again this morning, what are you expecting to see in your life? What are you mamas expecting to see in your family? What are you daddies expecting to see? You business owners, what are you expecting to see? In Genesis, God told Abram, he said, Abram, look up from the place where you're standing. Look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And I love that scripture because basically if I was to interpret it and say, Abram, 
Don't look at where you are. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at the things that you don't have yet. Don't, don't look down and think I'm not gonna fulfill my promises in your life. No, Abram, look up. Look out, get some vision for your life. What are you asking of God this morning? If I was to ask you, what are you asking from God? Billy Graham said, heaven is filled with answers to prayers for which no one even bothered to ask. The scripture says in Matthew, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. The book of James says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. I wanna encourage you this morning, don't be afraid to ask God for the miracles that you need, the desires that he has placed in your heart. Don't be afraid to ask him for them. In 1981, my mom was 48 years old. She was always very healthy. Um, I'd never seen her sick in my whole life. During this time frame, I was the only kid at home. I was a young kid, and um, my mom had a pain in her side. She, the pain persisted for quite some time, so she went to the doctor to get it checked out. It was right before our conference in um, Thanksgiving, way back then. And uh, she went to the doctor, and much to her surprise, the doctors immediately transported her to the hospital and began doing extensive tests on mama. The doctor came out the hospital room and looked at my dad, and he said, Pastor Osteen, your wife has metastatic cancer of the liver. She has a grapefruit-sized tumor, cancer, chemo. The cancer's too far spread. Chemo and radiation won't, have, won't help her. And he looked at my dad, and he said, Pastor, your wife has a few weeks to live. My dad looked back at the doctor and he said, doctor, we believe in miracles. And the doctor looked back at daddy and said, you're gonna need a miracle. My dad looked back at the doctor and he said, we're gonna get our miracle. And I'll never forget, I can remember it like it was yesterday when daddy brought mama home from the hospital. My mom's normally 100 pounds, five foot two. I call her the original Polly Pocket. <laughs> when she came in, she was yellow with jaundice. The whites of her eyes were yellow as banana. She was bent over, weighed 88 pounds. And the best way I can describe her is she looked like death. And I sat on the front row seat of watching what happens when bad things happen to good people. As a kid, I began to watch what happens when this happens to you. Do you believe in what you preach on the pulpit? I watched as my mom and dad journey back into their bedroom and lay face down on the ground. And I began to hear my dad pray. I've told it so many years and it still gets me. I heard my dad say, God, I need my wife. The children need their mom, and Lakewood needs Dodie. So on this day, December 11, 1981, we decree and declare in Jesus' name, by the stripes of Jesus, Dodie is healed. From the top of her head to the tip of her toes, we curse cancer at the root and command it to wither and die. And, die. and we say she will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. I was the active audience in the doorway they didn't even know I was watching and then I watched my little mom get up so weak she put her Bible on the ground and she physically stood on the word of God she raised her little arm in the air and her voice became strong and she said God the only thing between me and death is your word and I'm choosing to stand on your word I'll never forget that I watched as my mom even though she was so sick didn't feel like getting out of bed. She did something that forever imprinted my heart and changed my life. She began to take pictures of herself. We're talking about vision. She began to take pictures of herself when she was healthy and whole. One picture she put in her bathroom on her mirror was a picture of she and daddy when they got married. Down the hallway, she put a picture of her on a horse with a pink cowboy hat in Montana. 
a family picture, a picture at Lakewood, all around the house, she put visions of health and healing and wholeness. So when she didn't feel like getting out of bed and she walked into the bathroom, she saw happy Dodie. Down the hall, she saw healthy Dodie, alive Dodie, full of faith Dodie, strong Dodie, powerful Dodie, mama Dodie, pastor's wife Dodie. She had to remember in the worst time of her life what it was like to be healthy and strong. She had to write the vision down and look at it every single day. My mom also knew that she didn't just have to write it down, she had to begin to speak it out. The scripture says in Deuteronomy, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life so that you, listen to this mamas and daddies, so that you and your descendants might live. You better believe she was teaching me a lesson. She was teaching me how to fight. She was teaching me how to faith. She was teaching me how to trust God in the midst of the worst times of life. So my mom would have this vision of health in front of her and then she put, put the words in her mouth. She knew her world was framed by her words. She knew the words that she spoke became the house that she lived in. So she would go down that hallway and she'd say, God, thank you for another day. Thank you for another sunrise, Lord God. I thank you that I'll live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. I thank you with long life, you'll satisfy me and show me your salvation. She got her words working for her and not against her. And let me tell you something, it wasn't overnight and it was maybe a year time, but they gave her a few weeks to live. She's 89 and a half years old, totally cancer free. There she is right there. She uh, is like the Energizer Bunny. And you know what she does? She makes it her ministry to see people get their miracles. I love it. She prays for people all the time. She has a, Pastor, she has a monthly healing service via Zoom. <laughs> she prayed, I think, for 400 people last Tuesday night. So anyway, she had to get that vision. You see, it's not about saying it one time. It's not about looking at it one more time. See, what you're believing for, what you're focusing on usually comes out of your mouth. Did you know that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're constantly saying, I'll never get my miracle. My kids will never be right. I'll never get that promotion. I'll never have the finances. Then guess what? That's probably what you will see. That's probably what will happen. But if you begin to see change through eyes of faith and speak what you want to see, your life will change for the better. Can I tell you a little something? You cannot talk defeat and expect victory. I'm going to say that again, okay? It says, okay, that I like my own preaching? I'm preaching to myself. You cannot talk defeat and expect victory. You cannot constantly talk about the problems and expect to find solutions. You've got to speak faith into your world. You've got to speak life into your world. If you don't speak life over your life, who will? You mamas out there, if you don't speak life and vision and dreams over your children, who's gonna do it? Words are free. It's how you use them that might cost you. Amen? My mama used to say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Proverbs says this, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You have to get your words working for you and not against you. Let me make it practical. You say, April, I can't. I'm buried in all this stuff. No, you can say this. God, I thank you that I woke up this morning. Oh, that's good, isn't it? God, I thank you that I have air to breathe this morning. God, I thank you for my family. We may not be perfect, but Lord God, we're all here. God, I thank you those times that I didn't think I'd make it through the darkness. I made it through. 
I didn't think I'd see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I saw it. I didn't think I'd have the strength to carry it on, but you gave me the strength to carry on. Start by counting your blessings and not your burdens. Amen? Amen. Be careful how you talk to yourself because you are listening. Amen. I told the first crowd that's really deep. You're listening to what you're saying. Proverbs 21, 23, keep your mouth closed and you'll stay out of trouble. That needs to be on somebody's mirror. <laughs> the way you see your world and the way you speak to your world becomes your world. But this is the key, change what you're saying and you'll change what you're seeing. Yeah. Amen? Change what you're saying and you'll change what you're seeing. Get your words working towards your vision. Can you just imagine if my mom would say would would have said, I don't think I'm gonna make it. I don't think, you know, I think this is my time. I don't think I have it in me. I don't think she'd be with us here today, but man, thank God she taught me. Let me just throw this in. The first, the first crowd didn't get this. Do you know that every time that you don't give up, you're teaching your children not to give up? Do you know the way, every time you get back up after failing, you're teaching your children to be get back uppers? Every time you believe God and you trust in him in the midst of adverse situations, you're te teaching your kids to run to God and not away from God. The way you believe affects and impacts your bloodline. Amen. There was a little girl that went to Sunday school and she learned about Jonah being swallowed by the whale. She was so excited about that story. She loved it. She couldn't wait to get to school the next morning to tell her, te tell her teacher. That's exactly what she did. She ran into the classroom. She told the teacher the whole story. The teacher patted her on the hand. She said, that's a nice story. But let me tell you this. It's not the truth because even though the whale is the largest mammal, its throat is too small to swallow a human being. The story's not true. And the little girl looked at her and said, no, it is true. My teacher told me. She taught me at Sunday school. It's in the Bible. Teacher got a little irritated, and she said, I'm telling you, it's physically impossible. It's not the truth. And that little girl just kind of got a little sassy. And she said, I don't know how it happened, but when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> and that teacher made the teacher even more mad, and she looked at the little girl, and she said, well, what if Jonah isn't in heaven? That little girl thought for a minute, and she said, then you ask him. That little girl, you know why? She had some backbone. She wasn't about to let, let anyone talk her out of what she knew to be the truth. When you get a vision, folks, when you get those dreams and visions for your life, you can't let anyone talk you out of that vision. You gotta have that spiritual fortitude, that spiritual backbone. You gotta know what you believe and you gotta stick to it, amen? Don't allow people to talk you out of your vision, amen? Don't allow people to talk you out of your faith. Don't allow people to dictate who you are, where you are, or where you're going. Amen? The greatest weight you'll ever lose is the weight of other people's opinions. Some people are like clouds. When they disappear, it's a brighter day. I'm not talking about your spouse right there. No, people have every right to their opinion, but you have every right to ignore it. Stand on the word of God, amen? The choices you make by accident are just as important as the choices you make on purpose. 
You can't allow what you currently see to cause you to forget what God has already said. Amen? It may not be going right right now, but that's okay. God promised you something different. Let me make it practical. Instead of saying, my kids will never be right, make it practical. Father, I thank you that my kids are a blessing and a gift from above. I thank you that they will serve you all the days of their life. Amen? Let me give you scripture to back it up. Psalm 127, children are a gift from the Lord. Some of you need to write that down. <laughs> You're thinking they may not be a gift. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Instead of saying, my marriage is never gonna get better. We're never gonna agree. We're never gonna be unified. No, start saying, my marriage is blessed, restored, renewed, resurrected, and better than ever. Scripture for that, Mark 10, 9, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm never gonna have enough money, I'm never gonna get that promotion, no, you start saying, Father, I thank you that I'm blessed, and as I'm faithful to your word, you're opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out a so great blessing on my life. I thank you according to Ephesians 3.20, look at it on the screen, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. I love that. Your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. Now, how do you have that in your arsenal? You get in God's word until God's word gets in you. Don't wait till your family's in trouble to get in God's word. Get in it today. Every day. Don't wait till, you're, till something happens. Get in God's word today. You have to have the word of God. You know, you know, let me just encourage you with this. Daily get into the word of God. Let me speak to you moms today. I know when I first started having kids, man, I thought, when can I read my word? When can I do this or that? Don't get overwhelmed by the amount of time. Just get in God's word. Even if you wake up and take five minutes, 10 minutes, get in God's word so God's word gets in you, amen? It's not about praying an hour a day. If you can pray an hour a day, that's great, but pray five minutes a day. Pray over your family. Do what you can do, amen? You can talk yourself into defeat or you can talk yourself into victory. I want you to see the power of your words. You can talk yourself into staying stuck or you can talk yourself into your destiny. You can talk yourself into, we call it in Texas, a tizzy, or you can talk yourself into a faith-filled, peaceful, abundant life. Use your words to change your situation. Because this is the truth, y'all. If words can create trouble, then words can create transformation. If words can create chaos, then words can create peace. If words can create doubt, then words can create belief. Change what you're saying and you'll change what you're seeing. There is a miracle in your mouth. I hope you realize that. There's a miracle in your mouth. Man, that's good stuff. Listen to this. I told the first crowd this. If you take just this one thing home with you, when your mouth gets positive, your life gets positive. Amen? What is positive? Positive is a life filled with the word of God. But positive is what God's word says about your life, what God says about your family. My youngest daughter, Ariella, and I, several years ago, went to the store to buy some gift wrapping paper and some bags and tissue paper, all that stuff for Christmas presents, because I have a lot of people to buy for. And we went into this new store by the house. We had never been in there before, and we got a basket, and we started loading up our cart, all these, you know, everything that we needed, tissue paper, bags, everything. So the, bag was get, the, the basket was getting fuller and fuller, and I looked at it, and I thought, this is going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> so I started looking at the prices. I couldn't find the prices anywhere. I looked on the bags. I looked on the little hanger it was on. 
Couldn't find anything. Ariella came over to me and she said, Mom, I can't find any prices. And I'm like, I know, what is the deal with this store? We looked and looked and looked and I finally said, you know what, I'm just gonna go ask the cashier. And as I was on the way up to ask the cashier, I looked up. <laughs> and you know what I saw around the perimeter of the whole store, you know what it said? Everything is a dollar. <laughs> we were in the dollar store and we had no idea that's what it actually meant. We looked at each other and we were like, no way. We were so excited. <laughs> and I actually did this. I pulled out a little bag and I pulled out a big bag. And I looked at Ariella and I said, maybe this little bag's a dollar, but not this big bag. I actually wanted to pay more for the big bag. I want you to see, I tried to reason away what was already written and established before I ever walked through the doors of that store. You know what, folks, I say that because how often do we try to reason away what God has already promised us? God, I've been in prison. God, I've been in rehab so many times, I can't seem to shake this addiction. God, I haven't made any marriage work. God, my family's a mess. We have so much dysfunction in our family. God, I know you had plan A for my life, but now it's probably plan C, D, E, or F. No, God hasn't disqualified you. You need to stop disqualifying yourself. It's already written and established in the word of God, amen? I used to always hear my dad tell a story of when he quit the ministry because he felt like he failed God. My dad was older when he had me. My dad has been in heaven since 1999. He would be over 100 years old, 102 years old this year, 12 years older than my mom. I would sit down and I'd hear him preaching about a time that he thought he failed God, he quit the ministry, and I never put two and two together. And finally, after he had left this earth, I, I heard my brother preaching one time and I realized I correlated the stories. And it's a time in his life in the 40s or early 50s when he went through a very unwanted divorce as a pastor of a Baptist church in Baytown, Texas. And even though the congregation kept him on as pastor, he felt like he wasn't worthy. He felt like he wasn't qualified. So he took himself out of the ministry. He became a successful businessman, but he couldn't shake the calling of God on his life. And one day as he was reading the scripture, he noticed all throughout the Bible that God uses imperfect people. Can somebody say amen to that one right there. He realized that God doesn't pick people the way people pick people. He realized at that moment, Pastor, that if God could use those imperfect people, then God could surely use him. And he brushed himself off, got back in the ministry. Years later, met my mom, had five kids. I hear that youngest one is really great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Started Lakewood Church and pastored that for over 44 years. See, if the enemy can take you out today, you'll never achieve that destiny that God has promised you. Satan's greatest fear is your tomorrow. He wants to discourage you today so you won't write the vision down, so you won't look at it every day, so you won't go towards the vision. Let me tell you something, folks. God believes in you. It's time that you start believing in you. Amen? God has not disqualified you. God's not worried about you, what you've done. He's excited about where you are going. Amen? You know, you have to... Say goodbye to that past version of you. I've discovered that sometimes the hardest person you'll ever say goodbye to is your past self. You need to close the door on the past, amen? You are not who you were yesterday. 
You are not your mistakes. You are not your failures. Don't make a moment a monument and move on with God. Amen? Stop staying loyal to an old version of you. Stop cheating on your future with your past. Oh, you know that's good. I'm saying amen on the inside. Stop staying mentally and emotionally somewhere you lived physically a long time ago. Everybody say, it's time to move on. This is the great news. It doesn't matter what you've done because the enemy doesn't determine your destiny, God does. The scripture says in Romans 8, God is for us, so who could ever be against us? In other words, God is for you, so stop being against you. Amen, believe in the person God created you to be. Never allow the pain of the past to speak louder than the promises of God's future that he has planned for your life. Don't settle for anything less than God's abundant life. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, don't get me mixed up with him. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Choose that abundant life. Let me just tell you something right now. It's not about your background. It's not about your upbringing. You are not responsible for the house you grew up in, but you are responsible for the house that you live in right now. You have the power to change your story right now, today. Some folks, if you carry the bricks from the past, you're gonna build the same house. You gotta have the mindset that this, you know what? All this dysfunction, all this toxicity, all this divorce, alcoholism, addiction ran in the family until it ran into me. Amen? Implant a new family tree. Let me tell you this, I have a few minutes. My dad grew up in extreme poverty. He was the youngest of six kids. He was one of those families that had to stand in line for food, grew up during the Great Depression, holes in his pants, you know, just just before it was popular. (laughs) You know, just the poorest of poor, never heard about God, didn't go to church, anything like that. And as he grew up, Pastor, in his uh, maybe early 20s, he realized that poverty is not a blessing from God. Do you agree with that? Poverty is not a blessing from God. And he, he reflected back on his childhood, his parents did the best that he could, but he had to make the decision, you know what, no more, no more. And in his early 20s, he broke the curse of poverty, the cycle of poverty off of his family. And he said, in Jesus' name, this curse of poverty will not continue through my bloodline. You know what he said? He said, it runs in the family until it ran into me. This family's gonna be blessed in Jesus' name. You know how, how you do that? By standing up and saying, no, it ran in the family until it ran into me. You make the decision. Listen, y'all, just because you didn't come from a healthy, happy, spirit-filled, faith-filled family doesn't mean a happy, faith-filled, spirit-filled, positive family can't come from you. Amen? It's a mindset. A mindset simply means it's mind to set. I'm changing the course of my family today. You know what, I just feel like I should pray right here. Would you bow your heads for just a minute? How many of you out here say, nobody's looking around, say, April, I have come from a long line or just a short line of toxicity, dysfunction, addiction, divorce, um, people in prison, poverty. Let me see your hands. We're just gonna break the cycle today, is that okay? Okay, we see those hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I want you to get mad at this like you're mad at the devil from stealing away from you. In Jesus' name, we break the curse, the unhealthy cycles that have been passed down to us, and in Jesus' name, we say no more. 
it ran in the family until it ran into us. And today we're saying we're planting a new family tree and it's a faith-filled, happy, positive, spirit-filled, God-loving tree in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You really do have to shake off that generational narrative that's trying to dictate what kind of bloodline you're gonna have. You know, when I was uh, younger and I, about five years old, I would sit on the front row of about a, probably a 500 seat auditorium before Lakewood got bigger. And I remember my dad for about a year and a half standing up on the platform and he said, I want you to turn toward the left and I want you to look at the wall. And it was just a blank wall. Uh, empty wall. And he said, now I want you to look beyond the wall with eyes of faith, and I want you to see a 5,000-seat auditorium. And he would begin to describe it. I want you to see that place filled with people. I want you to see amazing worship. I want you to see hundreds of people giving their life to Jesus every single week. I want you to see people who were former prostitutes and prisoners and people with HIV coming in and giving their hearts to Jesus and people loving on them. I want you to see it being a place where people are loved, set free, delivered, and just building a faith-filled life. And then when we'd pray, Pastor, over that every single day, I'd just stretch out my little five-year-old hand and I'd pray. I didn't know what a 5,000-seat auditorium looked like. But I can tell you this, within about a year and a few months, you know where I was sitting? On the front row of a 5,000-seat auditorium with, with great worship, with former prostitutes and prisoners and people who had HIV back in the day when people didn't welcome them in their churches would come and give their hearts to Jesus and people would love on them. I saw people getting healed. I saw hundreds of people getting saved every single week. All because God gave my dad a vision and my dad made the vision clear. So clear that a five-year-old could figure it out. My challenge to you today and my, my encouragement to you today is know what your vision is. Write it down. Make it so clear that a five-year-old could understand it. And then look at it every single day. If you have a family that serves God, get on that vision together. And y'all look at it every single day. Y'all go after that vision every single day. You may be in a house of unbelievers. You keep the vision to yourself and you go after that vision every single day. Make the vision clear. Get a vision. Every day look for it with expectation. Get your mouth positive and every single day get your words working for you and not against you, and then speak what you seek until you see what you've said. You want me to say that one again? Speak what you seek until you see what you've said. Amen? God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. Never overestimate what's going on around you and underestimate what's going on on the inside of you. If God's on the inside of you, you have greatness on the inside of you. Amen? Shake off any feelings of not being qualified. Hey, none of us are qualified except through the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? I wanna take the next minute and I wanna speak to your spirit and encourage your spirit, man. You ready? I wanna remind you of what kind of God you serve. You ready for it? You ready? Say, I'm ready. Okay, you can shout on these. No matter what you're believing God for, you may say, April, it's way out there. This is gonna really be a miracle from God. Hey, my mom is alive after giving a few weeks to live. 
You serve a my God is able kind of God. Amen. You serve an exceedingly abundantly kind of God. You serve a nothing is impossible kind of God. You serve a help me walk through the valley of the shadow of death kind of God. You serve a not going to burn in the fiery furnace and not even going to smell like smoke kind of God. You serve a heal the sick kind of God. Stop the raging storm kind of God. Part the sea kind of God. Restore a relationship kind of God. You serve a set you free kind of God. This is a little Texas talk for you, but you serve a ain't no grave gonna hold him down kind of God. Amen. You serve a if he said it, he's gonna do it kind of God. He will not lie kind of God. His word shall not return kind of God, to return void kind of God. You serve a you ain't seen nothing yet kind of God. You serve a get you out of any mess kind of God. Get you out of debt kind of God. Get you a better job kind of God. You serve a hedge of protection kind of God. Restore your marriage kind of God. Bring the prodigal home kind of God. You serve a never leave you alone kind of God. When my oldest brother Paul was young, he was scared of the dark. And he would lay in bed and he would call out to my dad and he'd say, Daddy, are you there? And Daddy would say, yeah, Paul, I'm here. In a few minutes, he just wasn't sure. He needed a little bit more reassurance. So he'd cry out, Daddy, is your face, is it turned towards me? My dad would call back and he'd say, yeah, Paul, my face, it's turned towards you. You serve a God whose face is always turned towards you. He's never, ever gonna leave you. He believes in you. And I know some of you maybe that came in today are weary. You're worn out. You've been praying and praying and praying and nothing seems to be happening. Let me encourage you with this. Just because you might be frustrated doesn't mean God is frustrated. Just because you don't see him moving doesn't mean he's not working behind the scenes. He's able to do the impossible. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that I'm sitting amongst visionaries, God-sized dreamers, people who take you at your word, Lord God, believing that you are who you say you are and you can do what you, your word says you can do. I pray that they would leave rejuvenated, filled up in your word, Lord God, knowing that with you on their side, they can accomplish anything. Pray there'd be restoration in families, restoration in marriages, breakthrough in finances, delivery, deliverance, Lord, where there needs to be. I pray that there would be joy unspeakable. There would be peace in homes, Lord God. I pray that the those who have been down in heart, down in spirit, depressed, Lord God, I pray that today you would be revealed in their hearts so big that you love them and you have a plan for their life. Father, I pray right now, if there's anyone in this crowd, Lord God, who has been toying around with the idea of ending their life, Lord God, that they would realize right now that you care for them, that you have a place and a plan for their life and the enemy will not win in their life, Lord God. Father, I pray today that they would realize their importance and how you need them, Lord God, and we need them in this world. And in Jesus' name, we say, Satan, leave them alone. 
You will oppress them no longer in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.